Thank you, Lord, that we can keep running back to you. That nothing has changed about you. You're still as beautiful as you were 10,000 years ago, right now. Help us to gaze upon you. And thank you that your gaze is always upon us. so much. Thank you, praise team, worship team. Really, really appreciate that. Well done. Well done. Hey, you know what excites me? <laughs> when the NBC family gets excited. Yeah? <laughs> oh my, I've got last week's notes instead of today's sermon. What? <laughs> well, anyway, just kidding. <laughs> hey, I am. I continue to be excited about what the Lord's doing through Right Now Media and for what's taking place here at Majestic. Wow, over 130 signed up to be a part of that and being used. People are going to it. They're, they're finding this is a place that I can go to and I can find some help for the things, the questions maybe I have, the studies I wanted to look at. That is so, so good. You know what also excites me? Because you came back this week. <laughs> I don't know if I did that good a job last week, but you came back again, so thank you so much for that. We're going to be in John 15 again, so pull out your Bibles, your tablets, your phones, whatever it takes, and we'll look at John 15. Um, we're going to expand on the outline I used last Sunday. I didn't have to change that. That was kind of nice, but I added to it, kind of going through the, the passage just a little bit more in depth today. So let me ask you, how did the abiding and bearing fruit go last week? I put a pretty big challenge out there for you, for myself too, that we would abide in the vine, that we would go to the well, um, and then out of that, we would bear fruit. So in case you forgot that sermon, I'm going to give it to you again, right? As the pastor said one time when he kept preaching the same sermon, he said, when you get the first one, I'll go to the second one, right? <laughs> How did it go? How did it go to, to abide in Him and then to, to bear fruit in Him? I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a 40-day challenge starting on Wednesday as I finish up today. So be thinking about that. To take on a challenge. To put ourselves to abide, to abide, to abide so that we can bear fruit. So here's Jesus' words to us in John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that, he, that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bear must fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If 
anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love Jesus said, I am the true vine. I'm genuine. I'm the real thing. I'm the real thing. As I think about that, and just again, expanding a little bit from last week, Jesus begins his vignette here by declaring that he is the true vine, the source of spiritual life. And he describes this in verse 5 when he says that, he is the vine and we are the branches, right? You know, you know the song. He is the vine and we are the branches. His banner over me is love, right? Anybody heard that song? All three of you? You aren't, you aren't listening in youth group, okay? <laughs> He's the vine. We are the branches. I'm the true vine. But I am the vine and, and you are the branches because as believers, we've been grafted into him. We've been placed into him so that he can reproduce his life in us. He wants us to understand this, that, that we're not independent. We're not to be self-centered or self-controlled. We're, we're to be dependent on him because he is our source of spiritual life and he is our sustenance of spiritual life. It begins with him, but it also takes place with him and through him because he is divine and we are the branches and apart from me you can do nothing. <laughs> because he's divine, because he's our source of spiritual life, because he's our sustenance, that's why we praise him. It might not be the words in the song, but that's why we praise Him, because that's who He is. That's what He has done for us in bringing us together and helping us to have that spiritual life that comes from Him and comes through Him into us as a part of what He has done for us as our Father. Secondly, you might have heard this last week. <laughs> if you abide in the vine, you will thrive. If you abide in the vine, you will thrive. Now, uh, we do we define um, 
the word abide last week. A number of different things will come out. Uh, we said we, it means to stay connected. It means, as it's translated in some of the tr- versions, remain. Uh, unbroken fellowship. Um, we said it could mean like leaning into him. It could mean focusing on him, spending time with him, obeying him. Um, I, this came from a prayer card last week, this next one. Love it. Abide means to stick with Jesus no matter what. <laughs> I read that on Monday when I saw that. I said, that's going in my sermon. <laughs> that's written by one of you who defined that. Man, that is so good. And then this morning, as I was reading in the Daily Bread, the word cling. No, I wasn't in the Daily Bread. I was, I was in my biblical, here we go. I was in my biblical virtuals you pray for your kids. They're back there in the track rack by the information table. How many use, how many use this card, praying for your kids? Oh, we got more of you need to use this card, praying for your kids. This is so helpful. This is so helpful. Today, listen. Here's what it says. It's passion. It's my favorite one to pray. Number 27, for my kids and my grandkids. Lord, please instill in my children a soul that followeth hard after thee, one that clings passionately to you. Is there anybody that doesn't want that for their kids? Raise your hand. That's what I thought. (laughs) That's what we'd all want for our kids and our grandkids. Maybe great grandkids. That we would have a soul that would long after you, follow hard after you, one that clings passionately to you. I was trying to think how I could demonstrate that. So I don't know if this will work or not, but I don't know whether you ever do the laundry. One thing I'm pretty good at. I know how to put the darks and the whites together. And there's these these kind of wash rags that I mean they just seem to stick to everything. And you know those little bounce things? Well, they stick on there pretty good too. I know they don't call those things clings, but that's what they do, right? You, I mean, I find them in my shirts sometimes, right? You know, you get your shirt out of there and you put it on for about four hours and finally in the office, like something's got me. There's, there's one of those things in there. It's clinging to me, right? That we would cling to Jesus. We would stick with Jesus no matter do that. Please, go back, raid the the track rack and pray for your kids this way. It gives you order to how you can pray for your kids. It'll make a difference in your life. You can pray it for yourself too, of course. (laughs) I need to have that passion for Jesus. That my soul, my heart would follow hard after If you choose to abide in Jesus, and use that word, choose, 
Because this is a choice. You've been grafted in. But you have to choose every day. I have to choose every day that I'm going to abide in Him. Here's what I think Jesus says. You'll experience these things. The first is this. Effective prayer. That's what I read this week and looking through this passage from someone. If you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Did y'all notice how easy it is not to cling to him? That's what you got to keep doing. You got to get, get back with him. Because it's going to fall off again. And you're going to notice it before I do. <laughs> and sometimes people will notice you're not clinging to Jesus before you do. Effective prayer. I'm sure if I ask everyone to raise their hand, everybody here would say, Man, I want to have an effective prayer life. I don't want to just get by, even as Jeff gave Philippians 4, 6, and 7 this morning. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Great job, Jeff. Great job. You see, when we abide in Jesus, we'll get to know Him and His desires and His thoughts. And your prayers my prayers will align with his desires and thoughts. That's how we get everything we ask because our prayers align with him and what he wants for us. It's like I've given to you many times from my late brother-in-law, Alicia's brother, Paul's son, one of the songs. He said, I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. That's abiding. I noticed it in the song we sang. Uh, maybe it was in the well song. It said, rest in his arms. That's abiding. To rest in his arms. Verse 7, he says that, ask... Whatever you wish, it will be done for you. In verse 16, he almost says the same thing. says, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. If we abide, we'll be praying the prayers he wants for us. And he will bring those about in our lives. Full joy. If we choose to abide in Jesus, he says, I want to give you the fullness of my joy. Jesus' desire is to share his joy with us. And that would we would experience the fullness of his joy. Joy is the, uh, I was trying to define it for myself. You, know, you can look up the words and you try to make it. But for me, I put it this way. It's the, it's the sense of peace and delight that comes from abiding in Jesus in the ups and downs of life. The sense of peace and delight that come from abiding in Jesus in the ups and downs of life. Jesus experienced joy, Right? so that we could experience it. What does he say in Hebrews 12 when you're talking about running the race of faith? 
He says, you know, focus your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Even in the midst of he knew what was going to take place, there was joy there because he knew the outcome. And he wants to share that joy with us, according to verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that you would abide, that you would bear fruit, that my joy may be in you, the sense of peace and delight that comes from following him, and that their joy may be half full. <laughs> no, that your joy may be full. Your joy would be full. Do you remember what Nehemiah said to the people when they were building the wall? all the ups and downs of building that wall. The guys that wanted him to come to Oh No, and he said, Oh No, I'm not going to Oh No. <laughs> I'm not going out there to meet you. I know what you got planned for me. He said, The joy of the Lord is what? My strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because it comes from Him. Through Him to us because we're abiding in Him. We can have that joy in the midst of the difficult things of life, in the midst of the good things in life, when sometimes we forget that, oh yeah, I need to be praising Him during this time. When we choose to abide in the vine, when we choose to abide in the vine, we'll experience the fullness of joy. When we choose to abide in the vine, we'll experience obedient Love. I think that love could be another word, another synonym for abiding. Love me. That's abiding, being a part of one another's life. 9 through 13, as he talks about, As the Father has loved me with this encompassing love, so I've loved you in the same way. So do what? Abide in it. Abide in my love. The beautiful, the beautiful part of who he is. Abide in my love. Remain in my love. Cling to my love. Stick with his love no matter what. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commands, I did that. And I abide in his love. I've remained in his love. I've stuck close to him. These things I've spoken to you that your joy may be in you, your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you in greater love as no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You see, when, when love is present, you'll abide. But in a relationship, In a situation, if love is not there, what do we do? I'm out of here. I'm not hanging around. Now, Jesus tells us, obviously, to love our enemies, right? Hate those, love those who are unlovables. But it's hard when love is not presence to abide. And so he says, I've loved you. Jeremiah 30, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Abide there. Stay there. Remain there. Embrace it. Rest in his arms. 
obedient, an obedient love. I was thinking of another way to illustrate this this morning. Obviously, I'm not clinging very well to Jesus. Any time that I go home, this doesn't happen very often, but sometimes I go home and there's this really, I'd call it an ugly smell in the air. And it's called vinegar. I don't know exactly what Alicia uses that for, but there's some really important purpose. And I'm pretty sensitive to smells. I notice things just really easily. Man, that is not a beautiful smell. Matter of fact, you know what? You cannot go down to Kohl's and buy a $300 bottle of Eau de Vinegar. <laughs> they don't sell it. Ah, uh-huh, but the fragrance and scent of Jesus. How beautiful. O oh Lord, you're beautiful, we sing. The fragrance of him and his love toward us and the Father's love toward us. Just get a little, get a little, you know, put a little bit of his love on you today. It'll smell really good. People like to be around you that way. When we choose to abide in the vine, we will experience obedient love. It's a part of our lives. And and the fourth thing is intimate friendship. He says in verse 14, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master did. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. You see, it's this love that draws us into this relationship. As we obey his commandments, he calls us his friends. Now, we are still his servants, right? He's the master. He's the Lord. We serve him. Yes, we're still his servants, but we've gone to a a different plane, a new level. When we abide in him and we obey what he asks us to do. We're not here up here, we, we have a new relationship with him to be his friend because we obey what he wants. And when he does that in that friendship, he shares things with us that only get shared with friends. The servant gets the orders, but the friend gets to come alongside him. Isn't that a beautiful thought that he calls us friends and we obey him? That, that's just... That is so good. That song, um, I am a friend of God. You know, we sing that. You know, we might go, oh, don't. Yes, you are. If you obey the intimate relationship, he calls you friend. You remember when he writes this, he's he's not writing it in the, the singular you. He's writing it in the plural you. He's speaking to the disciples as a whole, as a group, and saying, you are my friends because you do what I command you to do. I, I have this special relationship with you. You're valuable to me. You're you're special to me. I kind of wrap up this section here. 
get this. Apart from Jesus, verse 5, you can do nothing. If you're not connected at all to Jesus, you can't do anything spiritually. If you're not abiding in Jesus, you've fallen off a little bit here. You can do nothing. So get connected through salvation. Stay connected through obedience. And remember this. It's going to take intention, discipline, and time. Give it what it needs. If we could put it in the terms of the what we sang, keep going to the well. <laughs> keep going to the well. Because he, the well, is our source and our sustenance of spiritual life. The third thought that I brought to you last week and I bring to you this week again is if you abide in Jesus, you will bear fruit. I'm going back to abiding in Jesus. I've had my moments where I haven't. You too? Do you want to wear these? Y'all can wear them they're, they're really kind of good looking, you know. But don't we know that? We have those times where we haven't abided in Jesus. We've gone our own way. We decided, you know what? I think I'll just be a little bit independent today. I think I'll do what Scott wants to do today. And in that, I, I need to move back into my abiding with Him, drawing close to Him, sticking with Jesus no matter what. Bear fruit makes disciples, we said. I defined it that way seven times in John chapter 15. Helping people come to Christ, helping them grow in Christ, to be transformed, as it says in Romans 12, 2, to, to be like Christ. You see, and as we talk about that, use a few of these now. When you don't bear fruit, you will be taken away. Verse 2. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Maybe you have a favorite tree. And all of a sudden, a branch goes dead on you. And it's just like, no, I like that tree. That's a beautiful tree. But you notice it. You notice it, that no buds come. I noticed on my trees the other day that it looked like they had already budded. I don't know if you noticed yours, but I was looking at them. I was looking out the windows in my quiet time. And it's like, man, I think those already have buds on them. Well, not after last week, but... They'll come back. But he says, if, if a branch is dead, I'm going to take it away. Uh, maybe I could illustrate this way. Judas Iscariot is an illustration of a dead branch that he takes away. Though it appeared he was connected to Jesus, ultimately we discover that he wasn't. He was a dead branch with no Jesus life in him. And my prayer is that there's no one here today that is one of those dead branches that's not connected to the vine. We want you to be connected to the vine. We want you to be in that spiritual life with Jesus. You can come to church and not be connected to the vine. Right? You've just come, and we're glad that you've come. But we want you to connect with the vine. We want you to have a relationship with the vine, to be in that Beautiful, intimate relationship with Jesus. And it comes to just inviting Him, making Him a part of your life and saying, I've, I've sinned because we all have. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He gave His life for me. And then I want to confess my faith. I want a relationship with you. I want forgiveness of my sin. Listen, 
2 Corinthians 6 says this, now is the time of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, make him your savior today. He loves you. He cares for his chapters all about his love and abiding in his love and caring for you. He doesn't want you to have to take you away as a dead branch. He wants you to be a living branch. Make him a part of your life today. Humble yourself before him and say, I need you, Lord. I say yes to you. And we want to rejoice in that and share together with you. Next week, we're going to have a baptism, a couple baptisms, well, at least one baptism. Uh, individuals say to us, I'm in the vine now. I'm in the vine now. And I want to tell you by baptize, by being baptized, I want to share with you that I'm in the vine. I'm connected to Jesus now. And it's going to be a great, great time to be able to celebrate with him. Secondly, when you bear fruit, the word says you'll be pruned. We recognize there's a difference between what he says in the first part of chapter 2 and what he says in the second part of chapter 2. Jesus takes away the dead branch, but he prunes the living branch that's bearing fruit. Why? Because he wants to produce more fruit through that branch, through us. Now, you that are green thumbers, we did our little survey last week, y'all that are green thumbers and all that are dead, I mean, black thumbers, <laughs> y'all know how to make something flourish and us know how to something perish, you know, okay? We, we got that done last week and maybe, maybe even you change this week. Maybe all of a sudden your black thumb became a green thumb. I don't know. Maybe you put a little miracle grow. Is that what you put on plants to make them grow, look good? Listen, well, I know that. But if we're connected to the vine, he's more than willing to prune us a little bit because he knows that pruning will bring about greater quality and quantity of fruit. Now, I can't speak from experience because I got a black thumb. Y'all that are green thumbers, you know what that means. You prune those things back. You cut them back. Does it hurt a little bit to the plant? Yes. Well, they never go, Woo, that hurt. I understand that, okay? But they're living, so we know. But that hurt helps. And he's willing to do that to us because he loves us and he cares for us. It's just like a parent does to a kid. Hey, I love you. But no, we're not going that direction. Because you're more important to me than that direction you're going. And I care for you. And Jesus, in his love and his care, knowing that he can produce more in us and better in us, if he cuts back the things that he needs to cut back, he's willing to do that because he cares and he loves us. It doesn't always feel good, but it will help us. Because he's the master gardener. He knows what's best for us. I keep struggling with abiding. Third, you can't bear fruit unless you abide in Jesus. It's kind of like two plus two equals four. Abiding comes first so that bearing fruit results. Now I've thought of this. I'm going to skip the first two lines of this little saying, but you know what they are, but if I say this, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. There's a biblical order to things that God has for us. And this is one of those. We abide, and when we abide, we will bear fruit for Him. Fourth, when you bear fruit, you glorify the Father. Verse number eight. 
By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Concentrate on that first deal. Glorified, to extol somebody or something, to, to worship or often praise to God. Even creation will do that, right? What it says in Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare what? The glory of God. We look up there, and it, just, it just extols Him, helps us to worship Him, to praise Him. He says this in 1 Corinthians 10, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, even in the mundane things, right? Do it all to what? The glory of God. To honor Him, to extol Him, to worship Him as a part of who we are connected to the vine. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, what? Glorify God with your body. Honor Him. Worship Him with your physical body. See, we please the Heavenly Father when we make disciples, and that gives the kid the glory that he's worthy to receive. And this, this came to this one. Someday in heaven, we're going to worship him, we're going to glorify him, we're going to exalt him, right? And won't it be great to be there with the fruit that we were able to bring with us? The people that we helped come to Jesus and helped to grow and walk with him. Someday we'll be gathered around, people from every tribe, nation, people, and language will be gathered around the work that we've done in biting in Him and then bearing fruit from Him, we'll be able to praise the Lord and worship Him someday because biting in Him and bearing fruit brings glory to Him. But it also proves that we're His disciple, as He says in the verse of, at the end of verse 8. And so prove to be my disciples. We know that we're His disciples if we are bearing fruit, abiding in the vine and bearing fruit. Man, a hard time staying abiding in Him today. One can say he is a disciple, but the proof is in the what? Pudding, right? I don't I have no idea what that means, but I've just heard it. As they say, but here's, here's, listen to this. What we produce tells us who's our producer. I made that one up, okay? What we produce tells who's our producer. If a person is a liar, his producer is Satan, the father of lies. If one is a truth teller, then that tells us she is related to Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. What we produce tells us who's our producer. We will produce what we're connected to. How important it is for us to be connected to the vine. Stay connected to Him. <sighs> Christian. We define it a little bit this way. Little Christ. What we produce tells us and tells others who's our producer. Last, verse 16. Jesus chose you to go and to bear fruit. Jesus the vine has put his mark on us by choosing us to go and bear fruit. We are very special because he's given us a very special assignment. Maybe, a, um, maybe you had a coach. Look at Monty over here as a coach for all these years. Maybe as a coach, Monty had a special play for some of his players because he knew they were capable of running that play. I I'm sure he did. X, Y, three, four, five, left, right go, right? <laughs> However you define him, right? 
I mean, he knew, but based on his players, he knew there were some guys that could carry out this play. He knew there were some guys that couldn't carry out this play because they were special. Maybe he had a music teacher that said to you, no, you're never singing that solo. No, 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 no. They said to you, you got the solo because you, God has given you a voice to be able to do this. Or maybe you had a counselor who said to you, you know what? You need to apply for that scholarship because you got the resume to get that scholarship. You got the qualifications to get that. Or maybe you had a parent who said to you, you know what? I'm proud of you. You're going places. <laughs> you keep following Jesus. You see what he's going to do in your life. Or maybe you had a pastor who said to you, you know what? Man, I see God working in your life. You, you need to consider serving the Lord Jesus Christ vocationally. Matter of fact, you have a pastor right here who's been praying faithfully this year that God would, out of our midst, would call somebody to be a pastor or a missionary. Our International Mission Board wants to put out 500 missionaries in the next five years. And my prayer is that we'll do five of those out of Majestic Baptist Church. So if God's stirring up your heart, let me know, because I'll keep praying. Because God wants to call people out to go and bear fruit. Now, we do it in our work, yes. That's just as important as being vocationally in the ministry. But I'd like to see some could say yes. And you don't have to be a young person to say yes to this call. God can still use you. But you know what you need to do? You need to abide in Him. Stick with Him. And you'll bear fruit. Okay, you're getting the point, I think, right? Have you ever heard Pastor Simon say this at the end of the service? Yeah, you got it. You are sent. It's right here in the Bible. He chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Not just you, but your fruit, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. All believers, all of us, have been called to go and bear fruit as we abide in Jesus. We, we need to pass the faith along, or in light of John 15, we need to pass the fruit along. Finish with this. It was identified in our men's Bible study, our men's group on Thursday over at May's Cafe at 7 o'clock if you ever want to join us. Good group of guys. I'm so thankful for them. It was pointed out to me, there, there are four ifs in this passage. I just circled them in my notes, not in my Bible, but my other notes. Just go over them real quick. Like. It says this in verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We talked about effective prayer there. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If then, right? In verse 14, if you do what I command you, you are my friends. There's friendship. And so there's commands in this. Just finish up. Abide, bear fruit, keep my commands. 
love one another. All right. So here's my challenge. Here's my application today. We talked last week about abiding in the vine. One way to know if we're abiding in the vine is if we're abiding in the word. Lent is coming around. Starts on Wednesday, March 2nd. Lent is a time to say, I'm not going to do something so that I can put something into my life that will help me abide better. You can translate it lots of different ways. If you don't like the word Lent, that's fine. Just use it another way. This is 40 days to get close to Jesus. That's a lot longer than saying Lent. Okay. <laughs> but that's all it is. It's a time. Just make a sacrifice so that we can grow and mature and become closer to Jesus. So here's my challenge. Let's call it 40 days abiding in the Word. I'm asking you, and I'm asking me, that over the next 40 days from March the 2nd to Easter Sunday, that we would be in the Word every day. Forty days of abiding in the Word so that we abide in the vine. What do you think? Can you do it? Some of you, it's natural. You're, you're already doing it. Keep going. Keep doing it. Some of you, it'll be a challenge because you haven't been there. But you know what? You can be. You can be. You see, because all it takes is just, I have to take a little bit of sacrifice. I have to set something aside to give up something so that I can do something that will be helpful to my spiritual life. We're doing that all the time. We're always sacrificing something to do something. That's a part of life. But here, putting the challenge out for you and for me, that we would spend 40 days abiding in the Word so that we would abide If you're with me on it, would you take the connection card? And would you say, 40 days on it, put your name on there, 40 days. Because I want to pray for you. I want to rejoice with you. And you know what? If maybe you can't do it right now, you're still working through it and you're thinking about it, hey, just text me, call me, email me. you still got four days to make the decision. Well, three days, however many it is. You can do it. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's abide in the vine together. Find something that will help you. I'll bet you might even be able to find something on Right Now Media that might just help you in this challenge. A daily reading plan or the U version of the Bible that you maybe have on your phone, your app. You'll find us some way that you can take these 40 days and you can abide in the Word and abide in the vine. And out of that, God's going to bear fruit through you. so much. Thank you so much for being here this morning, taking on the challenge. Let's grow together as we abide in the vine. Thank you, Father, for your word. You are beautiful. You're a vine that's never going to wither, shrivel up. You're always going to be healthy because that's who you are. So we're saying, first song. We want to praise you with everything we have. We want to grow in you. We want to get close to you. Thank you for being patient with us. But when we don't abide, you're still there. 
waiting for us to come back and to get reconnected. So thank you so much. Thank you for being the true vine, allowing us to be your branches in Jesus.